So we'll go ahead and now move to the Belgian Confession. We're in Article 14. It's a long one, so we're going to jump right into it. It's titled, The Creation and Fall of Humanity. Again, for visitors here, we go through... Oh, we don't have it. We don't have it on the board. Okay, we don't have it on the board. I will read it to you, though. It's okay. Um, for those of you who are visiting, though... Um, we go through a historic catechism, creed, confession, something of that sort, just to help us better understand the Christian faith, uh, what it is we believe and why we believe that, and then to aid us in being able to communicate that in an effective way. Um, and so that's basically our, our, our desire and our, our reasoning in going through these. And so we'll read these now. We'll hone in on a specific part. It says, and it's a long one, I'm sorry. We believe that God created human beings from the dust of the earth and made and formed them in his image and likeness, good, just, and holy, able by their will to conform in all things to the will of God. But when they were in honor, they did not understand it and did not recognize their excellence. But they subjected themselves willingly to sin and consequently to death and the curse." Lending their ear to the word of the devil, for they transgressed the commandment of life, which they had received, and by their sin they separated themselves from God, who was their true life, having corrupted their entire nature. So they made themselves guilty and, sub and subject to physical and spiritual death, having become wicked, perverse, and corrupt in all their ways. They lost their excellent gifts, which they had received from God, and retained none of them except for small traces which are enough to make them inexcusable. Moreover, all the light in us is turned to darkness. As Scripture teaches us, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. Here, John calls the human race darkness. Therefore, we reject everything taught to contrary concerning human free will, since humans are nothing but slaves of sin and cannot do a thing unless it is given them from heaven. For who can boast of being able to do anything good by oneself? Since Christ says, no one can come to me unless drawn by the Father who sent me. Who can glory in their own will? When they understand that the mind is set on the flesh, the, the mind that is set in the flesh is hostile to God. Who can speak of their knowledge in view of the fact that those who are unspiritual do not receive the gifts of God's spirit? In short, who can produce a single thought knowing that we are not able to think a thing about ourselves by ourselves, but that our competence is from God? And therefore, what the apostle says ought rightly to stand, uh, to stand fixed and firm. God works within us both to will and to do according to his good pleasure. For there is no understanding nor will conforming to God's understanding and will apart from Christ's involvement, as he teaches us when he says, apart from me, you can do nothing. So last week, our brother Sam took us through a, a, an overview of this article. It's a long article, like I said, and he focused on creation, the covenant of works, and the fall, as well as a few other things. Today, though, I want to pick up from where he left off, and I want to focus on this week and the next week on two major things. Uh, the first being the effects of the fall on all mankind and what is known as original sin. And then next week, uh, the question of what about free will? It's very non-controversial things, very basic things, um, you know. 
So to the first, as Sam taught us last week, Adam was placed in a covenant of works with God. And if that covenant had been kept from within that economy of the covenant, Adam would have merited certain blessings should he have kept it. And if you had failed, you would merit certain covenantal curses. Not solely for Adam, not solely for himself, but for all who were in him, all who were in his posterity. And so what does that mean when the covenant head is with the first man that God ever created? What does that mean for us if we all come from him without exception? It means we inherit those curses as well. Um, One of those being guilt before God, before the holy God, and also a nature that is wholly sinful. Scripture is very, very clear on this. In Isaiah uh, 59, for example, it says we have separation from God. In Romans 3, it says that we have corruption of, uh, of our whole nature, our entire nature. In Genesis 2 and Ephesians 2, it talks about our, our bodily and our spiritual death. And in Romans 8 and 1 Corinthians 2, it talks about our darkness of understanding. And you can add those all to the list of the ones the Belgic uh, put on display for us earlier. I love, though, how the Belgic really kind of summarizes all this with a verse I really wouldn't have thought about summarizing it all with, when it says, Moreover, all the light in us is turned to darkness. As the scripture teaches us, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Here John calls the human race darkness. I've never thought about what that darkness is in that scripture exactly. I've just thought of Christ as the light, but the Belgic is right, and the Belgic makes a great point. The darkness is us. We can compare this with Romans 5.12 where it says, Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, Adam, and death through sin, and so sin, uh, so death, sorry, spread to all men because all sinned, period. We all sin in Adam. Adam and Christ are very linked, you see. Just as Christ earns for us justification and life, Adam earns for us guilt and death. Many want to be fine with the former, and many want to reject the latter, because we don't like the latter. Um, But we cannot do this, because you see, with the first Adam and the second Adam, what happens with one happens with the other to some extent. If we say that Adam, as the federal head, cannot merit for us guilt in fallen nature, we must then say Christ cannot merit for us freedom and new restored image of God nature. If we deny that we are born with original sin, we must then deny humanity is all darkness. And then, on our own, we must say that at least that's for some portion of our life, we are light. Now, what is the problem there with humanity being, at least to some extent, light? The problem is what need does light have for light? What need does a sinless man have for Christ? In denying original sin, we claim man by nature has no need for Christ, at least not outright. And we can see this often flesh out in the doctrine of those who deny original sin and them no longer seeing Christ. This is important. They no longer see Christ as dying in our place on the cross, taking on the wrath we deserved. But rather, Christ is just a good example of living the blessed life the right life. 
Because remember, what happens with Adam is what happens with Christ. If Adam is simply a bad example that we tend to follow, Christ then just becomes the good example that we can choose to follow all by our own will. And what is this? This is, by definition, that ancient heresy of Pelagianism that has sprung up in the church here and there under different names uh, and in different uh, shapes, but always this is the root. It's the heresy that natural, uh, that is natural to all men because all men think of ourselves as good and righteous people. We all feel, like last week, we all feel that we should be the blessed man all on our own, right? We all feel that we could be the blessed man on our own, but we, we cannot and we, and we will not. We cannot merit that. We are fallen from birth and guilty from Adam, and we can only add to that debt with every action we commit. Literally every breath we take, um, we add to our sin when we are outside of Christ because apart from faith, we cannot please God. So until faith is given, everything we do is sin and sin only before God who, uh, as the, as, I'm sorry, as we, as one who has a shattered image of God, and really we have a relationship with the devil. This then will lead into our question for next week, which is then what about free will? And we will tackle that. But for now, let us praise God that in Genesis 3.15, the first telling of the gospel, God declares that he, not we, but he, will put enmity between us and the devil, the serpent, and that from the woman, a champion seed will come to crush the head of the serpent. Not that we crush it, but that he would and he did, and God will put that enmity between us and him. As it says in Romans 5, continuing in verse 17, for if, because of one man's trespass, Adam's, Death reigned through that one man. Much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, the blessed man, Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, we come to you on this Lord's Day as the congregation of Redemption Hill by the power of the Spirit in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you for this time you've given us to, to worship in spirit and truth as a family. Um, we thank you for your son. We could have earned nothing on our own. We, stand, we stood rightly condemned uh, by you, by our nature, and also by our actions. And you saw fit still to sin your only begotten son out of love for those you would, who you would redeem. I pray now for the beloved brother that you've given to us to teach us this morning. Thank you for bringing him here to this church, Father. And now I pray that you use him, Father. By your Spirit, calm his nerves. May he know that when he preaches today, he does not preach alone. That he is a vessel to be used to hold out that risen Savior, Christ. I pray for the congregation that we focus our eyes and our ears and our hearts upon the message you have prepared for us today. I pray that it is used to bring the law to us, to show us our sin, 
and that this message is used to bring the gospel to us, to rally us to repentance and to trust all the more in that seed that crushed the head of the snake. We pray this in that matchless name of him. Amen.